You're listening to Rocky Mountain Review on 90.5 FM KCSU Fort Collins for Thursday, October 26th. I'm Lee Zimpel, your news director. And I am Tyler Weatherwax, your assistant news director. And we are the voices behind the Rocky Mountain Review news broadcast that airs every Tuesday and Thursday from 4 to 5 p.m. As always, we here at the Rocky Mountain Review strive to give you the most up-to-date, unbiased, and factual news. On today's show, the CSU Physics Department opened the Madison McDonald Observatory to the public. Learn how and when you can visit it with Tyler in Campus News. And a Fort Collins chiropractor turned himself in after police issued a warrant for his arrest for unlawful sexual contact. This and more with local news with Lee. Then you'll get a rundown of some upcoming local events with Tyler in Events News. Later on in the broadcast, the plan for water cuts in three states relying on the Colorado River might be enough to protect the river from a few more years. Learn more with Lee in national news. And with that, we'll get started with campus news. I am Tyler Weatherwax, and you are listening to the Rocky Mountain Review, and now for CSU Campus News. On Monday, the Associated Students of Colorado State University held their annual Community Roundtable, which featured prominent elected members of not only Fort Collins, but the state as a whole. According to an article from the Collegian, some in attendance were United States Senator Michael Bennett and United States Congressman Joe Negus. The event was part of CSU's Year of Democracy and promoted the voices of students right here on campus. Students were given the chance to express their concerns and ideas. Some of those concerns brought up Monday night included Fort Collins' current housing issue. With high prices and U plus two both looming overall students, District 6 Council Member Emily Francis spoke up as well about the controversial U plus two policy. Students also spoke about the lack of interest in politics that they have seen in their peers in recent years. This again was a hot topic of the night with CSU's Democratic-focused year. Lastly, environmental issues were brought up in Monday's discussion. ASCSU President Nick DiSalvo expressed that he was pleased with the evening. On campus, the Symposium for Inclusion Excellence has, be, has been ongoing. It started on Monday and will last until tomorrow. Yesterday saw the transgender policy in the Lori Student Center Theater. The key speaker was Aaron Reed, who talked about the importance of the rights and freedoms of minority populations, specifically laws that surround transgender people. Zoe Seffer was also supposed to attend, but was unable to make it to the event. Tomorrow morning, we'll focus on microaggressions towards marginalized people. Lastly, CSU has hosted observations at Madison McDonald Observatory for much of the year on the first and third Friday of each month. The observatory was built originally for its great view for observing the sky above. The observation will hold two more events before closing until April. Coming up next with Lee, charges have been filed against a Fort Collins chiropractor and more red light cameras will be coming to Fort Collins soon. In local news, a Fort Collins chiropractor turned himself in to police after they issued a warrant for his arrest for unlawful sexual contact. The investigation started January this year after a woman reported she was inappropriately touched during multiple visits by Dr. Brian Rorick at Peak Performance Chiropractic. During the investigation, officials found that another person made a similar complaint in 2019. The investigation into Rorick has been ongoing since January. This month, officials issued a warrant for two counts of unlawful sexual contact, one count for each report in 2019 and 2023. According to a city press release, Rorick turned himself in to the Larimer County Jail. He was then released under a bond by the Larimer County Courts without needing to pay bail. 
According to CBS News, officials believe there might also be other victims from the time between the two separate reports. It's common for survivors of sexually based offenses to delay reporting their experiences or not report at all. Detectives are asking anyone with information or who think they've also been victimized to reach out to Fort Collins Police Detective Brandon Wu-Tan. You can find his contact information and more about the case on the Fort Collins Police Services Facebook page. A final impact statement for the city's proposed Halligan Reservoir expansion was released Monday. Now the public has about a month to weigh in on the project. The Halligan Reservoir project north of Fort Collins will expand it by over 8,000 acre-feet to help the city meet its expected water needs until 2065, according to the Coloradoan. The reservoir stores water from the Poudre River, which makes up half of the city's supply. In a news release, Fort Collins Utilities said that the extra space would allow for a more reliable water supply, both for now and for the future. The project would dig out parts of wetlands on and near the North Fork of the Cache-Laputa River, so because of the Clean Water Act, it still needs government approval to move forward. Since 2019, the city updated its plans to meet dam safety and construction guidelines. Right now, the dam is over 110 years old, and it's about 25 feet shorter than it needs to be to meet future water needs. The plan is to build a new replacement dam that meets that height requirement instead of updating the current dam. The current dam will be either partially or fully removed once the new one is ready to use. In a news release, Fort Collins Utilities said the project would improve effects on wildlife, the environment, and nearby residents. Some say, however, that the project could be unneeded. Gary Walkner is the executive director of Save the Pooter. According to the Coloradoan, Walkner said that his group hasn't taken a formal position on the project, but that the cost could be a waste of money. Walkner said that with a cost of over $300 million, the project is, quote, irresponsible and that it might not be needed. He also said that the environmental impact statement that was released on Monday looked at a no-action alternative, which could get Fort Collins about 90% of the way towards meeting its needs, Instead of the expansion, Walker said the city could do a lot more good with a water conservation program. He said these types of programs are much cheaper than the Halligan project, but could still save a lot of water. But in the impact statement, it says that the no-action alternative doesn't meet the city's purpose and need. Even with water restrictions, the city's storage wouldn't be enough in the case of an emergency, like a severe drought. If you want to weigh in on the impact statement, you have about a month to do so. Comments will be accepted through November 22nd. You can find contact information and more on the Coloradoan website. Two busy intersections in Fort Collins now have newly installed red light cameras. At the intersection on Shields and Harmony and at LeMay and Drake, Fort Collins police added red light cameras that became active on Wednesday. For now, the cameras will send warnings in the mail to the registered owner of the vehicle that crossed the red light. Starting November 25th, if you get a red light violation at these intersections, you'll get an actual citation that will cost you about $75. If you want more information about red light tickets and how to navigate those, you can find that on the official City of Fort Collins website. I'm Lee Zimpel, and those were your local news updates. Coming up, there are a handful of live music and theater performances happening in Fort Collins soon. Learn about those with Tyler after the break.
KCSU is supported by Washington's, supporting live and local music in Fort Collins. Upcoming shows include the Motet on Friday, October 27th. Tickets and info at washingtonsfoco.com. Welcome back. I'm Tyler Weatherwax, and coming up next is events in Fort Collins. Coming soon to Fort Collins is plenty of live music, theater performances, and more. Tonight at the Aggie Theater is the indie rock band The Moss. The band lives together in a single apartment complex and are from Magna, Utah. Their punchy and feel-good sound includes songs like Insomnia, Celebrate, and Willie's Song. Doors open at 8 p.m. One of Halloween's most beloved stories is coming to the Lincoln Center. This version of Dracula offers a unique take on the classic tale, but keeps what makes the story special. If you would like to catch a show, you can go tonight and all weekend long. Tomorrow night, we'll also see Don Bronco plus the home team with Skylar Accord and the Color 8. Don Bronco blends hard rock guitars with pop, grabs, and plenty of experimentation. Doors open at Aggie Theater at 8 p.m. Lastly, country rock artist Cody West will be coming to Aggie Theater playing at 8 p.m. The hard-rocking country outlaw fusion is a sound that stands out. Some of Cody's songs include Green, Million Miles, and Shine Out. Would you like to be a part of a rising industry on your college campus? Well, you should check out KCSU and their podcast department. 90.5 KCSU is Colorado State University's student-run radio station where you can be involved with music, news, sports, and even production and podcasting. Come on down into the basement of the Lori Student Center and talk to a staff member today. Just remember to follow the music. And we're back with national news. Federal officials said Wednesday that the plan to reduce water use across three states should be enough to protect the Colorado River for the next few years. Plans for voluntary water cuts in California, Arizona, and Nevada should keep the river basin stable, based on the fact that conditions have improved on the Colorado River. In a statement, experts say that the risk of reaching dangerously low water levels at two key parts of the river has gone down significantly. The Colorado River is a vital one that serves seven U.S. states, Native American tribes, and two states in Mexico. It supports a multi-billion dollar farm industry in the West, and it generates hydropower across the region. Years of overuse and drought worsened by climate change means that the river has a lot less water flowing through it today compared to past decades. But Wednesday's announcement shows how much things have changed since the summer of 2022, when officials said drastic cuts in water usage would be needed in order to avoid a crisis. 
but the states failed to reach an agreement on the cuts, and the government didn't end up forcing any of them to. Earlier this year, the Biden administration released two options that would have forced cuts on Arizona, California, and Nevada. Either they'd all have equally measured cuts, or the cuts would be based on an already existing water system that mostly prioritizes California. In May, a new proposal suggested conserving at least an extra 3 million acre-feet of water through the end of 2026, which would cost the government about $1.2 billion. Wednesday's announcement shows that the government might be ready to accept that plan soon, according to J.B. Hamby, who is the chairman of the Colorado River Board of California. Camby said that federal money and a good winter helped change the course of negotiations for collaboration instead of conflict. California will be responsible for over half of the total water use cuts, and already the three states have lowered their water use. According to the Associated Press, Arizona is on track this year to use about one-third less than the amount dedicated to the state. Now the states can focus on a new long-term agreement for how to share the river's water beyond 2026. But according to AP News, not everyone is feeling optimistic about the plan. Kyle Rorink, who is part of the conservation group The Great Basin Water Network, said that the plan fails to address the long-term challenges that the Colorado River faces. In a statement, he said, quote, The brink will be back, and I fear that hoopla surrounding the document will distract from the challenges that lie ahead. Police are searching for a man who opened fire at a bar and bowling alley in Lewiston, Maine on Wednesday, killing at least 18 people and wounding dozens of others. The shooting threw the state's second biggest city into chaos as hundreds of police hunted for the shooter, who they are calling a person of interest. Residents were ordered to stay inside. Police identified the person of interest as Robert Card. According to the Associated Press, Card had been committed to a mental health facility for two weeks over the summer of 2023, but there are no specific details about his treatment or condition. A police document said that Card reported hearing voices and had threatened a shooting at the military training base in Osako, Maine. Officials say the shooting began just before 7 p.m. The total number of deaths is expected to rise. As of today, the total is now 18. The Central Maine Medical Center said on its website that staff were, quote, reacting to a mass casualty mass shooter event and were working with area hospitals to take in patients. The hospital was locked down and guarded by police. Authorities ordered residents and business owners to stay inside and off the streets. The order was extended Wednesday night from Lewiston to Lisbon, which is about eight miles away. Officials said they found a vehicle of interest there. Local schools are closed for today. According to a statement from the White House, President Joe Biden spoke to Maine's governor, Janet Mills, over the phone, offering federal support. Lewiston is a city that ended up being a major center for African immigration into Maine. The Somali population numbers in the thousands. Today, it's one of the most diverse cities in northern New England. Wednesday's death toll was staggering for a state that in 2022 had 29 homicides the entire year. The shooter remains at large, and the specific death count has not yet been released. Police are calling it a fluid situation. Along with inflation, food insecurity across the nation shot up last year. About 17 million households reported problems finding enough food in 2022. That number was a huge jump from 2021, when government aid helped cushion economical issues brought during the pandemic. Now that extra pandemic-era help has come to an end. 
Those extra benefits included more relaxed enrollment requirements for SNAP, also known as food stamps. Those benefited ended early. Excuse me. Those benefits ended early this year. One big national change was the end of universal free school lunches for all students, which ended over the summer of 2022. Late last year, multiple food banks and charity groups reported being surprised by the surge of demand. In March 2023, Colorado's food banks braced for that surge as SNAP program changes brought during the pandemic were cut off. The Colorado Department of Human Services said the average person getting SNAP benefits in the state would lose about $90 about excuse me, 90 yeah, oh, sorry. About $90 of help per month. Survey results now show that food insecurity still impacts many families nationwide today. Agriculture Secretary Tom Vilsack called the survey results unacceptable. He said that the rising level of need should be a wake-up call to those who want to roll back these kinds of programs. In a statement Wednesday, Vilsack said that the experience of the pandemic showed that when the government invests in meaningful support for families, there is a positive impact on food security, even during hard economic times. He said the report was a reminder of the consequences of reducing a proven safety net. The Biden administration echoed Vilsack's call to keep funding programs like SNAP and the National School Lunch Program. Contributions to this story come from the Associated Press and the Denver Post. That'll wrap up national news for now, but coming up, you'll get a rundown of this week's CSU Sports with Tyler after the break. Hey, so I'm having some trouble with my streaming service. Please select from the following options. Can I just talk to a person? Sorry, that is not an option. Please select from the following options. Seriously? You called? No, no, not you. I'm just sick of robots, and I just want to listen to some music. You know what? This is DJ Silent G, and you're listening to 90.5 KCSU Fort Collins, operated by actual human beings. Coming up in sports tonight, volleyball takes on Utah State right here in Fort Collins while they take on Boise State on Saturday, also at home. And coming to Canvas Stadium in the is the Air Force Falcons traveling up from Colorado Springs to take on the Rams. The game kicks off at 5 p.m. on Saturday. It was a little chilly and foggy this morning, and before it gets even colder tonight, we'll have a little bit of sun. Those sunny moments are slowly coming to an end, though, as we move further into fall. Today, it was foggy outside before it cleared up a bit. Temperatures peaked to a high around 54 degrees. Tonight, we'll see a slight chance of rain through early morning. Skies will be partly cloudy as we reach a low of 27. Winds could pick up a little bit through the night. Friday, it'll be a little warmer. It'll be mostly sunny with a high of 45. Friday night, we could see a mix of snow and rain showers. Like tonight, the low should hover around 27. If it does snow, it shouldn't stick. As we move into the weekend, we'll see some more showers and possibly a bit more snow. It'll be a little bit of a wet and cold weekend. 
Saturday morning, we could see some snow showers mostly after 7 a.m. with The chance of precipitation will be about 80% with a high of 34. Saturday night, we'll continue seeing some snow. Temperatures will dip to around 17 degrees. Sunday will look pretty similar, just a bit chillier. We could see more snow showers with a high of 33. Sunday night will be the coldest of the week. The low will drop to 11 degrees, but the sky should stay clear. Information for this weather forecast comes from the National Weather Service. And that is all for today. We would like to thank Damien Castile for our amazing theme music. We would also like to thank the rest of our staff here at KCSU and Rocky Mountain Student Media. We couldn't do this without you. Finally, we couldn't do this without you, dear listener, so thank you. If you missed any part of today's show, you can find the RMR podcast on kcsufm.com under the news or podcast section, or you can also find us on Spotify or anywhere else you listen to your podcasts by searching KCSU News. And with that, we'll see you next time.